Previously on Transformers University, we took a look at the first year of the Transformers brand, 1984, and now we dive headfirst into the world of 1985, year two of the Transformers, on Transformers University. Hello, my friend, and welcome to Transformers University. I am your host, Anthony Brucalli. This is episode lucky number 13. And today, we start on our journey into 1985. Now, if you're new to the show, welcome aboard. Uh, You may have some time to catch up on the previous 12 episodes where we covered all of 1984. And if you're new and you're starting here, then uh, welcome to what I like to do at the start of each year of the Transformers toy line. I guess this is the second time I'll be doing it, is just kind of a world view of what was going on in 1985 so we will take a look into pop culture and into uh, uh, where the Transformers brand entered the year and uh, what was going on in the world in terms of uh, just world events and uh, in terms of pop culture and music television film comic books and a few other things and 84 was a good year for Transformers it was the number one selling toy line of 1984 and uh, interesting note, uh, especially now with Toys R Us being in the news, or I guess uh, the end of Toys R Us being in the news, where uh, people are wondering uh, what would happen to a store that uh, is going out of business and makes up 15% of toy sales in the country. Uh, interesting side note I found in my research, um, Toys R Us made up 14% of toy sales in the United States in 1984, so it wasn't that much of a difference uh, in terms of total sales from then till now. So the idea that uh, online sales and Amazon and, and a few other things have played a heavier hand than they have in the demise of Toys R Us uh, might be a little bit exaggerated. But I digress. Let's let's stick with 1985. And one of the things about the toy line being so successful in 1985 was that competitors would follow and uh, there were a number of competing lines that then hit the shelves uh, after transformers uh, such as the converters the interchangeables roadbots robotron uh, prior to that also gobots and of course voltron so there were a lot of converting robots on the shelves in 1985 so transformers had uh, to not only maintain their success but to they had to keep others from uh, taking it as well. And uh, one of the other things Hasbro had to face in 1985 were uh, counterfeits. And uh, as an anti-counterfeiting measure, the rub symbol sticker was added to the toy line. That's become uh, not a mainstay, but it was a mainstay through the remainder of Generation 1. Now the toy line, so successful, it started spreading around the world. So the full toy line was launched in Japan, in Europe, South America. The show was so successful that even Peru would get it despite not having the toys available in that market. So in 1985, uh, interesting other note I found during my research is that video games were starting to be seen as a passing fad, and toys were actually on top of the market. So uh, one of the things introduced in 1985 in various test markets around the United States was the uh, Nintendo Entertainment System. 
and uh, as well as the release of Super Mario Brothers. So this is the time in the world where we are at this point. And included with the NES was a robot. Now, another thing to think about here is that robots, as I mentioned way back in the first episode, robots were on the brain for uh, Americans and for people around the world, really, because they were entering into the factories and into some people's workplaces. Uh, maybe not humanoid robots, but they were certainly part of the cultural consciousness. So something like Rob was added in to the Nintendo Entertainment System to make it appear more like a toy so stores would carry it. So speaking of video games, in 1985, the Transformers would receive their first video game uh, released on the Commodore 64 computer system. So pivoting there to sports, the Royals won the World Series in Major League Baseball, and that year Pete Rose of the Cincinnati Reds broke the all-time hits record, a record that still stands today. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers won the Super Bowl. The Lakers defeated the Celtics in the NBA Finals, and Patrick Ewing was drafted number one overall in the NBA draft by the New York Knicks. The Edmonton Oilers won the uh, NHL Stanley Cup, and the NCAA Men's Basketball, a.k.a. March Madness, was won by the Villanova Wildcats. In music, We Are the World by USA for Africa spent four weeks at number one, and Careless Whisper by Wham was the top single of the year. The top-selling record was Born in the USA, and in other music-related uh, happenings, David Lee Roth left Van Halen to pursue a solo career. The PMRC hearings in the United States, the Parents Music Resource Center, I think I have that right, uh, the people basically responsible for putting uh, explicit lyrics labels on tape CDs and records back in the 80s and 90s. Uh, they had congressional hearings, and uh, Dee Snyder of Twisted Sister uh, did testify before them, and that's an incredible watch if you have some time on YouTube to see him totally take Washington off guard with his very intelligent and thoughtful answers. And the Live Aid benefit saw a couple of reunions. Black Sabbath reunited with Ozzy Osbourne, and Led Zeppelin reunited uh, with Phil Collins, filling in on drums for the late John Bonham. At the Grammys, What's Love Got to Do With It by Tina Turner won Song of the Year and Record of the Year. Can't Slow Down by Lionel Richie was Album of the Year, and Best New Artist was Cyndi Lauper. And as we did the last time around, on the day Season 2 of Transformers debuted, this song was on top of the charts. Oh, that ain't like you know and it's it's another telltale sign of the times in 1985 if uh Dire Straits, Money for Nothing is at the top of the charts when season two debuts because that video, if you've never seen it, uh, the music video for that is computer animated, uh, which is fairly unheard of in 1985. So that just shows you uh, where the cultural mindset was headed back then. 
So let's talk a little bit about Season 2. But before we do, we have to put a pin in Season 1. And the reason I say that is there was something else brewing in 1985 that led to the success of the Transformers. Now, last time I mentioned the rise of the VCR in people's households. Um, prices continued to drop in 1985. And moreover, a little thing called the video store started popping up around the United States. And I'm not joking, by the middle of 1985, according to Wikipedia, there were 15,000 video rental stores in the United States. Now let's put that in perspective. 15,000 is about 300 per state. Now, Toys R Us is closing, and yes, it's a much bigger footprint, a much bigger store, but there are 800 of those around the entire country, so that's basically three states' worth of video stores in the middle of 1985. You could basically walk a block and trip over three video stores, uh, depending on where you live. Moreover, the first Blockbuster video opened that year, uh, which started the video store franchise. And the reason this is all important to Transformers and to the brand is a little company called Family Home Entertainment because not only were people renting videos, but they were purchasing videos. So you can go to the store and rent Transformers episodes to watch when you couldn't catch them on TV or you could go and and buy them. Uh, and sure, they were maybe two or three per tape, sometimes only one. But they were available, which was something that was unheard of before VCRs became a commonplace thing. So I think that's that's very important to note. Now the second important thing to note is the length of season two. Now season two was 49 episodes and we will cover uh, 45 of those in 1985. Four of those aired in 1986 and I'm debating whether or not they fall uh, into the show before or after the 1986 episode. Basically this version of the show, this episode of the podcast down the line. Anyway, so the number 49 is important. They needed to get the show to a place where they could reach what they call strip syndication. Now, strip syndication back in the 80s and 90s and before that was a way that a show would be on TV, on a, usually on a non-network, so not your ABC, your NBC, your CBS. Fox and WB didn't exist yet. Um, Fox did towards the end of the decade, but... In 85, it certainly did not. So a lot of uh, cities had local stations that ran strip syndication. So um, usually sitcoms, half-hour shows, and animation. And they wanted to be able to air these five days a week at a regular time. And for cartoons, generally that was the 3 to 5 p.m. hour when kids were getting home from school. So... Why is 49 an important number? Okay, so season one was 16 episodes. Season two at 49 episodes brings them to 65 episodes. Okay, so what's what's the big deal about 65? Well, at five days a week, that's 13 weeks. 13 weeks is exactly one quarter of a year. So you can run the show in its entirety four times in a year. You wouldn't have to repeat, you would only repeat episodes four times a year. The idea is that kids would maybe not see every episode the first time around and see new ones the second time around because you're not always home. So the idea there was that you could catch episodes again later on and the VCR actually plays into this because it means if you missed an episode, you could record it later on because you knew it was coming back. 
that's that's the landscape of television as far as what they were facing heading into production of season two. Now, the world of television, uh, the top-rated show, the half-hour show and the sitcom were pretty much king. Um, top-rated shows one, two, and three were The Cosby Show, which was a new player in, in the scene in 84, uh, rose to the top of television in 85, uh, Family Ties, which was on directly after The Cosby Show, was the number two show, and Murder, She Wrote was the number three show on TV, uh, according to Nielsen ratings. Now, as far as Emmys go, the uh, winner of Best Comedy that year was The Cosby Show. The winner of Best Drama was Cagney and Lacey. Now, as far as actors and uh, actors and actresses go, the comedy category, uh, Best Actor, was won by uh, Robert Guillaume of Benson. Some of you may remember him as Rafiki in The Lion King. And uh, Jane Curtin won Best Actress uh, for Kate and Nally. Uh, on the drama side, Tyne Daly won for Cagney and Lacey. And William Daniels won for St. Elsewhere. Now, in the daytime Emmys, and this is important, there was a new category introduced called Best Animated Program. Now, we'll talk about the, the ones that didn't win. It was Alvin Chipmunks, Smurfs, and Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids. The winner that year was the Muppet Babies. So, uh, an interesting note there. The first time the Animation Award was given out was in 1985. So, this was becoming a trend in 85 as to um, what was on TV at that point. It's also a big year in the comic book industry. Uh, the biggest event of note was DC's response to Marvel doing Secret Wars in 84 with Crisis on Infinite Earths. And this is important to Transformers fans um, in some respect because it was written by Marv Wolfman. Now, Marv Wolfman will go on to write a handful of episodes of season one of Trans. Maybe he only wrote one. I'm going to have to look that up. But uh, he definitely wrote some stuff for season one and uh has been a key figure in transformers animation uh, ever since uh additionally marvel followed up secret wars with secret wars 2 they launched a comic called new mutants with new mutants number one debuting that year and also debuting from star comics which was a marvel imprint was thundercats number one and so it just showed that shows the power of the licensed comic was growing in 1985 as Marvel had basically an entire sub-label dedicated to attracting younger readers. So 85 is an important year for the Transformers comic at Marvel for two reasons. One, the comic was extended beyond its limited series run and issues 5 through 15 were published in 1985 and moreover in the UK where comics were an 11-page weekly affair Marvel had to fill the gaps, and Marvel UK started its own run of Transformers stories in between or around the original comic run from the U.S., and we will cover all of that in future episodes. And I'm looking forward to that. It's part of the reason why I started this podcast was an excuse to read the Marvel UK run. Uh, and also of note, and since we've mentioned him before on this podcast, Charles Wojcikowski uh, also known as Charles Nichols, drew a uh, handful of Transformers coloring books, uh, died in 1985. On to the world of film. At the Oscars, let's get the awards out of the way first. At the Oscars, Amadeus dominated the Oscars that year. F. Murray Abraham took home Best Actor. The film Amadeus took home awards for directing, screenwriting, and Best Picture. 
And in the Best Actress category for Places in the Heart, Sally Field won and gave this speech. And I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. Speaking of films and things people really, really liked, Back to the Future was the top-grossing film of the year, followed by Rambo and Rocky IV. And interesting note there with Rocky IV, there was a robot in there. And uh, if you Google up that robot from Rocky IV, it's an interesting story about how Sylvester Stallone uh, purchased that robot to help his son with his autism. And uh, I was just as Googling that. It's, 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 it's quite interesting. And that robot ended up making it into the film uh, just because, I guess. Uh, also, high-grossing films of that year. Uh, number nine was uh, The Goonies. Number 16, Breakfast Club. Number 26, Teen Wolf. And number 40 is very interesting because it was an animated film. And let's just... Give a little listen to the trailer. Will all their love and caring stop a shadowy spirit from stealing away every feeling in the world? Join the Care Bears and all their friends, and you'll share a chuckle, a tear, you'll jump up and cheer. The Care Bears movie. Bring someone you care about. So, this is big. I, I whatever, Regardless of what you think of the film Care Bears the movie it's big because it shows that there is a focus towards children's aimed entertainment in television and in film and the fact that Care Bears was one of the top 50 grossing movies of the year is huge it's what sets the stage for G.I. Joe the movie and Transformers the movie and and a number of other animated features that would come thereafter because the film world saw that this could be profitable. And 1985 was going to be a very, very profitable year for the Transformers brand and Hasbro. And we are going to cover it all over the course of the next several episodes. I've planned out uh, roughly what's to come and strap in. There's a lot for 1985 uh, and we will cover it all and we will dive deep into a lot of it. So with that said, I want to thank you for joining this podcast. I want to thank you for subscribing. I want to thank you for leaving a five-star review on iTunes and on Google Play. Uh, if you haven't done so already, please do. It helps to make this show more visible to the rest of the world and in search results and thereby grows this audience and makes you and I part of something much bigger and uh, really, really hope to do that. And uh of course, if you're catching this on YouTube, please subscribe to the YouTube channel uh, for those very same reasons. And uh, if you're not listening to this on YouTube, swing on by to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash T-F-U-I-N-F-O, T-F-U-I-N-F-O, and that will take you straight to the YouTube channel. We've got a lot of fun stuff there. I just uh, did something with the original 84 theme song versus the new remaster of the theme song and did a little side-by-side -side comparison and they're from different takes and it's kind of neat uh hearing the differences in the songs and the way they're laid out and timed out as always if you'd like to help the show in other ways swing on by to tfu.info help for our photo needs for the toy archive and if you'd like to help financially uh, it's real easy. Swing on by to tfu.info slash Amazon. It'll take you to Amazon.com. 
and anything you purchase while you're on Amazon after doing that, Amazon kicks back a few cents towards TFU.info, and that just helps us do more with the show and do more things more often with the show. And if you like the show, please check out the sister podcast, TFU News and Views. You can subscribe to that one wherever you're listening to this one right now. And that'll wrap things up for this 1985 introductory episode. We march on into the second year of Transformers. And until then, see ya.